Welcome to another episode of Energy Talks. I'm journalist Markham Hislop. This podcast is all about interesting conversations with energy and climate experts from around the world. And don't forget to follow us on social media, on Twitter, at E-N-E-R-G-I Media, and my personal handle, at PoliticalHam, on Facebook, facebook.com slash energymedia. Energy.media is our website, where you'll find Markham and Energy columns, news stories and op-eds, and the Energy Student Resources Portal, a wiki-style collection of our work that's free for high school teachers and university professors to use in their classrooms. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by John Rylett, who is the Vice President, Innovation and Clean Tech at the Delphi Group, and one of the authors of the report, Alberta Energy Transition for Calgary Economic Development. It was released last fall. So welcome to the interview, John. Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Now, I'm really interested to to talk to you today because I've been arguing for a long time that Alberta needs an energy transition strategy and neither the NDP government of Rachel Notley uh, up until the 2019 or the UCP government of Premier uh, Jason Kenney have really done that. And so this is the first attempt that I'm aware of for to take a crack at an energy transition strategy for Canada, you know, the epicenter of Canada's energy industry. So maybe we could start with an overview of the study, if you don't mind. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. So this this study, which was you know um, actually supported by uh, Calgary Economic Development, Edmonton Global, and, and Prairies Canada, um, really did try to get into that. You know what what does the energy transition mean for Alberta? Right. And maybe to your opening comments, you know, we, we haven't really done a, a larger scale look at that. And I think one of the genesis of this, this study was really, you know, hey, we, we keep hearing about the energy transition. Obviously, historical and legacy industries get nervous. You know, you know workforce gets nervous when they hear this. Um, you've got, you know, new tech saying, well, yeah, we need this. We need to get moving. So really the genesis of the study was to then step back and say, okay, well, let's, let's look at this. Let's look at what Alberta has, um, what's developing, and what we have ultimately competitive advantage in, um, in the context of this low carbon energy transition to, to try and figure out what, you know, what that will look like, what the impact to the province is going to be. So rather than going, you know, is that sort of polarized, it'll be terrible for, for legacy, it'll be great for new, or we don't have this. And, back and forth it's like okay let's actually take a take a look at this um, from a numbers perspective this is an economic opportunity study if you will uh, that evaluated you know competitive advantage historical um, legacy knowledge along with where we think we have emerging tech and then tried to basically categorize like okay where where is the best opportunity what does that look like and then what's the economic impact of it now the focus here is on clean tech, and we, we need to make this distinction because this didn't the, the study didn't deal with things like bitumen beyond combustion, you know, turning bitumen into a feedstock for materials manufacturing, like carbon fiber didn't go in that direction. It didn't talk about petrochemicals, you know, advanced petrochemicals, advanced plastics, didn't do that. So the focus is on clean tech. Can you tell us uh, a little bit how you defined clean tech, what this means in the Alberta context? Yeah, you know, we we actually did touch just 
very, very lightly on a couple of those things, but really you're, you're right. It was more focused on what we deem to be clean tech, which were, you know, uh, technologies truly focused on reducing carbon, um, you know, in our energy system, right? So, you know, unlike, you know, petrochemicals where you're, you're taking bitumen or, or oil, turning it into a different product, that's kind of happening. Obviously that needs to get better as well. We looked at the clean tech in terms of, okay, what, what in this space is going to, you know, directly result in lower carbon emissions, you know, net carbon emissions, um, that's going to supply, you know, energy products, services that, that, you know, industry and consumers are going to need. So that was the, the core focus. So that's why you see, you know, uh, some of those lead categories that came to the top. I mean, we do have ag tech and agriculture. It's not all oil and gas, um, but ag tech and agriculture is going to play a big role in this transition uh, to a, a low carbon economy. And then you have some more of the traditional ones, you know, carbon capture, utilization and storage, um, energy efficiency, electrification, uh, hydrogen production and utilization, and even digitalization as a component to support all those industries as they go forward. Yeah. One of the reasons why digitalization caught my attention is because I don't, and you came out, we should, we should point out that I first interviewed you years ago when you were a vice president at NMAX, which is the uh, city of Calgary owned utility. So you hmm. come out of the electricity sector and I don't think uh, that Canadians have fully grasped the extent to which other technologies, we'll call them enabling technologies, or uh, but technologies that are not directly energy related, play such a big role in this transition. I'm thinking like artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, all kinds of digital technologies that are currently transforming oil and gas production, for example, but they're transforming everything. I mean, this is, oh. we, we really are in a, you know, I mean, we've, some, you know, writers argue about whether or not this is the fourth industrial order or the, those sorts of things. <laughs> but clearly we're, we're, we're stepping up into an advance. Uh, this is a big step, step change for the global economy. And of course, it's playing out in Alberta. So just a few thoughts on, on that. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, and, and that's why, um, you know, that digitalization piece got on that list is because it actually touches uh, essentially all of the categories, you know, in one way or another, uh, that piece about the enabling, um, you know, how do you have a smarter and better electricity grid? How do you better manage, you know, energy production and, and consumption uh, in real time? How do you handle all these new devices and technologies that are coming along and the you know digitalization of of all of those industries you know huge enabler right uh, it, it's sort of all of a sudden we can work better we can work smarter we can work faster i mean you mentioned you know ai like having you know machine learning and, and ai sort of algorithms that that get better at predicting and, and managing you know all of that is enabling and and the speed at which it's occurring is pretty phenomenal as well, right? When you when you step back and you look at it and you say, well, you know, what would have taken, you know, years, year, you know, we would have had to try it and test it and it would have taken sort of years to permeate and, and, and spread, you know, be adopted. That can happen much more quickly now, which is actually a really good thing because we, we have that ability to, you know, deploy it, get it out there and start using it. Uh, some would argue it should still happen faster than it is, but, you know, as an enabling piece, um, it's huge. And particularly, 
uh, you, you know, I don't know, maybe others would argue differently, but if you look at Alberta and our, you know, our sort of legacy industries and our historical industries and stuff, these are large, big, complex, you know, chains, uh, you know, production chains and, and value chains and things. Um, and so having all this move forward, pretty, pretty important, right? Like you, you can't just tweak one little piece of it. You, you really need to tackle the whole. Indeed. Now, John, one of the things I've noticed is that the study says that as many as 170,000 new clean technology jobs could be created in Alberta. And just for context, the current uh, oil and gas direct uh, employment is about 135,000, and the industry has already lost 33,000 since 2014. And an Ernst & Young study from last year estimates that by 2040, digitalization all by itself will uh, destroy another 50,000 jobs. So that gives you some sort of context for the creation of, you know, how important this could be to, to Alberta's workers. And what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think my take on it is that it, it is a, a very large opportunity. You know, one, one of the things that we wanted to investigate, you know, with the study as we went in and sort of ran the economic model was to try and answer that question around, around the, you know, is the energy transition, you know, really going to slow Alberta down? Is it going to be threatening given our, our historical, you know, industrial base? Um, you know, do we need to fear it or, or um, alternatively, is it an, is it an, an opportunity? And, uh, you know, from the numbers that we have and projected out to, I should say that that number of 170,000 jobs that projects out to 2050. So it's not like it happens, you know, real quick in the next couple of years, but it is just steady and, you know, incremental year over year growth out to 2050 uh, to something that is very large and very significant to the Alberta economy. And, you know, the, the basic rationale for that is that the areas we're looking at here, clean tech, is expected to grow uh, quite aggressively year over year, um, you know, for, for the next couple of decades, you know, annual growth rates in various sectors of anywhere from, you know, eight, nine percent to as, as much as, you know, 15, 20 percent year over year growth. Uh, versus, you know, more historical legacy industries, which are expected to sort of plateau or decline, um, you know, they're at a very different point in their life cycle. So the, the reality is, if, right. you know, that Alberta has this opportunity in the energy transition uh, to grow and gain benefit. Sure. Well, look, uh, one of the points that's made in the study is that the key to creating those jobs is capital investment. Now, your, the study says that uh, $2.1 billion in CapEx uh, will be needed per year by 2030, growing to as much as $5.5 billion per year by 2040. And I have to say, I was kind of surprised because, you know, we're used to seeing those big CapEx numbers from oil and gas, you know, where it's $20, $25 billion a year. But here you're creating a lot of jobs with uh, an, an annual CapEx that really in, in today's number, uh, environment doesn't seem all that large. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, some people I think have some sticker shock when they see the numbers and, and others go, well, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have a big industry, you, you need some significant volume of investment. I think I would characterize it as that, you know, obviously, you know, $2 billion a year of investment is not insignificant. Uh, it does have to grow uh, to be almost $5 billion 
per year of investment out into the 20, you know, 2030s, 2040s to hit those targets. Um, but the reality is uh, it is truly an investment. Uh, what you see coming back from that is, uh, you know, significant lift in Alberta's GDP. You see very good job creation, you know, uh, sort of every million dollars that goes into the clean tech world tends to create um, anywhere from sort of 14 to 19 jobs uh, directly plus, plus spinoffs. So, yeah, I mean, you have this great opportunity but it does take investment. It's, it's not going to happen by accident. It's not just going to happen, you know, um, overnight. Uh, and so the question becomes that is, is how is that, you know, investment viewed by, you know, people who need to make it and where is it going to come from? Um, you know, given the, what we think is the return on that, I think there's a lot of potential, but that question still still remains out there, I guess. It still has to be answered. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, the study points out that the key to attracting this volume of investment is strong, consistent climate policy and leadership. And regular listeners will know, and readers of my columns will know, that I've been a pretty consistent critic of uh, Premier Jason Kenney and the UCP government on this point. Uh, the UCP tore up the previous government's uh, climate leadership plan when it got into power. It hasn't replaced it with anything. It's fought the carbon tax and so on. And I know there have been some positive things like the ESG uh, secretariat that was created, and the oil sands net zero by 2050 pathways initiative. That's something else positive. But my take on this is that overall, Alberta's has got a net negative. Uh, when it comes to climate leadership and climate policy. Why did you put this in the report? Because I know the report had to be politically sen sensitive, it was very public and deals with policy. But I, so I was surprised to see it in there. Well, the reason it's in there, you know, frankly, is that the stakeholder group that took part and, you know, that, that we went out to to ask about, you know, the clean tech um, ecosystem in, in Alberta and, you know, where they saw opportunity and what their challenges were. That was one of the things that we heard, um, largely across the board, actually, all the way from, you know, small startup SMEs to, to large corporations. And, you know, I think there's a really important piece in there is that if you're talking about, you know, long-term, long-horizon investment and projects and capital infrastructure, that's uh, going to affect, you know, long-lived assets, even legacy assets that we currently have that that might be altered or changed in their their midlife uh, timeframe. Some, you know, the, the longer the vision and the more consistent it is, the the lower the risk and the better better planning that can occur. Right. So I, that's why it's there. Is that it, it's sort of fundamental to all pieces of right. of the industry. Right. And you know. It, you, you just just to bring up another interesting point, there's always this case of everybody wants certainty, right? Like that's, you know, I'm sure you've heard that before. Like, oh, sure. if we have certainty and, and sure, that would be great. Now, the reality is that the world isn't perfectly certain. Stuff happens and, and you have to react and you have to know. So I think, you know, where to take the comments from the report and what to think about is like, okay, if, if Alberta wants to capitalize on this opportunity, what can it do you know, not necessarily striving for 100% certainty forever on this, but, you know, could it improve our current position to unlock some investment to motivate, uh, you know, players and stakeholders to accelerate timelines, um, you know, to reduce the risk 
enough, if you will, uh, that you get the activity that you want to see. Um, right. So it's a pretty important point and, you know, wasn't intended to be, you know, uh, we're not, we, you know, we didn't get into here's what they should do. Uh, but it, it's something that came back from the stakeholders. Yeah. Well, look, I think it's fair to say, and I've interviewed, I interviewed many other experts in different countries who make the point that you need, uh, you need a vision uh, that incorp- that is bought into by uh, the politicians, by labor, by business, and so on. Out of the vision comes a strategy. And then out of that strategy comes policy. And when you have all of those pieces together, you have as much uh, uh, certainty and stability uh, going for going forward over the next decade or two, as is possible with uh, demo- within a democratic government where governments change. Uh, where the worst case scenario, of course, is where you have a very it's very polarized and you ping pong back and forth between you know governments that have very different approaches and one always undoes the the work of the other. So, but uh, let's go on. I want to talk about the the approaches that are taken by the two biggest uh, cities in Alberta, Edmonton and Calgary, because they both have very different strategies. Yeah, yeah, that was something that, that came out in the study as well. Um, different strategies, but also complementary um, in, in many ways. Uh, maybe just because I happen to be sitting in Calgary, I'll start with Calgary. And, and Calgary has really focused on, you know, developing its, its sort of ecosystem of clean tech startups and support you know, for those startups and, and that network, uh, you know, it's sort of a combination of, you know, a number of head offices of, uh, you know, large companies, um, you know, decent sized uh, sort of financial, um, you know, ecosystem here as well. Uh, and then, you know, sort of facilitating this, this startup ecosystem where, you know, there's support, there's a lot of networking, a lot of, you know, what we call collisions between, you know, groups that, that can foster activity and growth. And, you know, it can kind of take on a bit of a, uh, I don't know if a life of its own is quite the right term, but, you know, you get that excitement and that activity generating. Uh, Edmonton, you know, obviously the larger, you know, the other large city, you know, to the north of us here, a little different. They've focused more on, you know, sort of becoming a, a hub of excellence for certain things. So, you know, hydrogen, carbon capture and storage being two of those uh, really focused on, um, you know, AI and associated, you know, computer science things with the universities there and, and other startups. Um, but what you get is this sort of complementary ecosystem between the two cities and, and, you know, the corridor in between, where to make it all work, you, you kind of need both in many instances, you know, you, you have the sort of you know, startup entrepreneur uh, sort of network ecosystem in Calgary with with some finance and, and you know, uh, statistically more head office. Uh, but then you're combining it with with the north, you know, the Edmonton corridor around, you know, expertise in those key areas, you know, hydrogen uh, production and use, carbon capture, utilization and storage. Um, we talked about digitalization earlier. And of course, you know, the AI component uh, comes you know, plays a huge role in that. And so having those sort of centers of expertise combined with the ecosystem, uh, together we see that as making, you know, Alberta a rather, you know, strong competitor or, you know, comes from a strong platform in this this space. Um, If you were missing one or the other, I think you'd have uh, more trouble, put it that way. 
Sure. And let's wrap up the, the interview by, with this point. And that is that there's been a, a, a lot of growth in clean tech in Alberta already. And, but uh, I wouldn't say a hundred percent of it, but a very large proportion of it is geared to, uh, it serves the oil and gas industry. So the, that's been kind of the, the, what spurred the growth of clean tech up to now. Uh, do you see going forward that that trend will continue or are we talking now about a more diverse uh, clean tech industry, clean tech sector that can, uh, and I guess already talking about agriculture. So I partly, you part, this interview has partly answered my question, but are there export opportunities? Can it get in, can it sell to other provinces that have different industries, that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, not surprisingly, and as you say, like historically, you know, the oil and gas sector, you know, commands the most attention and the most opportunity. Uh, that's going to remain for a while, but we do see more diversity, you know, occurring in that clean tech space. Uh, we do see, you know, more activity. You mentioned ag off the top, but, you know, into electrification, um, you know, renewables, energy efficiency, uh, you know, those other pieces starting to take on a, a larger role. It, it's not only oil and gas. Uh, having said that, that is another thing that we heard from stakeholders is that often, you know, um, Alberta can kind of be seen that way. And that that is a barrier that I think needs to be worked on, right? It's, it's something that, um, you know, to truly be successful, we want to have a, I call it a more, uh, more even distribution and, and not be so weighted to, to one industry. But that's going to take a while. That's sort of a, it's another transition that needs to occur, you know, in this space in that um, we have that great starting point. We have, you know, large, you know, going concerns who, who, who do spend a lot on clean tech and they spend a lot in this space. Uh, so hopefully what you can do is take that and leverage that into other, you know, markets and other um you know, market segments effectively, uh, so that, you know, we, we sort of capitalize on all that activity that's, that's going on in Alberta. So, and, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, I would say, um, oil and gas still the largest going to be for a while, but definitely seeing more diversity than, than we have historically. Well, I'll wrap up by saying this, and, and that is that I think, uh, the 2020s are going to be a very important decade for, uh, Alberta, we're already seeing the disruption caused by the energy transition intensify as these new energy technologies like uh, wind and solar and batteries and electric vehicles and so on become competitive. They begin to push some of the, you know, put pressure on some of the older uh, energy technologies, the oil, the gas, the coal. And it seems to me this is the, the decade when we're going to see a lot of investment flow into new new sectors like ag tech, you know, like clean tech. And, and it's, you know, it's time to, to put in this strategy and, and, and get up the curve and not be laggards on this. And so I'm, that's one of the reasons why I was really glad to see this, this, uh, this, uh, uh, report come out is because there needs to be some structure put around the conversation in Alberta so that, uh, you know, the, the, the cities can join the conversation so that business can join the conversation so that ordinary so that albertans can join the conversation you get some kind of a narrative going some consensus political support that sort of thing and uh and that you know this is a, a good way to start so thank you very much for this john uh, really appreciate your insights 
Great. Happy to be here and um, always happy to chat about uh, energy transition. So thanks very much. Thank you.